Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skrætter alle de der podcast og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmagle. 
The sky roiled like a boiling cauldron, effervescent figures moving behind gigantic thunderheads, unthinkable shapes drifting beneath the emerald waves below. The world was dying, no, changing. The storm was all-consuming, swallowing the horizon within its swirling jade maw. Green lightning stabbed the landscape like descending spears, leaving behind plumes of smoke and distant screams echoing across the world. The surrounding city was now completely flooded, putrid waters drowning sky-high buildings of strange and new trade construction, invading every nook and cranny of the alien metropolis. Millions of bodies floated like flotsam upon the waves and currents. Perhaps worse, however, were the beings that survived. Their bodies became twisted and malformed, their skin turning a gruesome malachite, algae mixed with coral growing like tumors from their bodies. Below them, in the depths, were behemoth things, creatures that defied words or sound, waiting like dark gods in a putrescent abyss. Above all the noise, the screams, the rain, the thunder, was an eerily melodic song. An aria of crashing waves and wailing storms assaulted him, the voice of an alien sea lulling him into a trance. As he panned around, he saw scores of squid-like creatures fighting for their lives. The word Galthoa entered his mind for some reason, but they were quickly falling beneath hordes of abominations. Those things transformed by the foul sea, and those entities indigenous to it, enormous, unnameable grotesqueries. When he thought about the end of the world, he imagined bombs, the landscape tinted red with unkept fires, and an atmosphere of swirling ash. But he never imagined it to look like this a giant emerald vortex overtaking the stars, a fetid cosmic ocean devouring the land beneath, careening tidal waves and tsunamis. A giant emerald vortex overtaking the stars, a fetid cosmic ocean devouring the land beneath careening tidal waves and tsunamis, a melody born from the throats of drowned galaxies. All sorts of creatures, things he simultaneously recognized and didn't, desperately crowded those places not yet tainted by the invading tumult. Some were friends, others were foes, but all of them, including himself, were doomed. For all their wars, partnerships, begrudging alliances, and feigned peacekeeping, this is the way things ended. He had the sense of a family of some sort, people he loved, but they were long gone, lost to the emerald expanse, no doubt twisted into unrecognizable shapes. A part of him was glad he didn't get to see them, see their faces turn from a rictus screen to a vile simper as the living storm took them over. But he would soon be with them. He could hear the dreadful ocean whispering to him, singing to him, to come home, to join the rest of the world in the great submergence, the endless sea that doused suns and drowned the blackness of space beneath brackish green waters. Hope was gone and all he could do was accept his fate and embrace the splashing doom that now covered all he could see. The water rose above him, a massive tidal wave that washed across the clouds above. A horrible face appeared in it, an expression that could freeze gods. He wanted to scream, but he couldn't. The water had already filled his lungs. What the... What the... What the fuck? What the fuck are you? Stop.
stop showing me this shit. Just, just fucking stop. Holy shit, River! Jesus, you, you scared the shit out of me. What are you, what are you doing out here? I get it. Foreign's had it rough these last few days. Best to keep an eye on him. Oh, I, uh, I, I couldn't sleep. Oh, it's, uh, it's nothing, just... I don't know. It's 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 whatever they put in me, uh, uh, bonded me with, uh, or whatever the fuck they did. It's like uh, it's like it's like I have two lives. I I get flashes of things, you know, uh, uh, memories. I, I guess you'd call them. It's it's tolerable during the day, but uh, when I sleep, Christ, it the things I see. The end of the world, I think. But, uh, but not this world. Another one. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I, I, I hear the screams. I, I see everything falling apart, uh, drowning. But, but most of all, I, I hear that song. That, that goddamn song. River suddenly stepped back and quizzically looked at Salvatore. He rigorously signed. Yeah, yeah, everything was being drowned beneath this, uh, this emerald green ocean and storm. It was, it was, it was turning the others into, God, they, they were horrible. It, it, and if you could see the things below the water, River, Je Jesus Christ, I, I could barely think of them. River suddenly knelt next to Salvatore, as if he were going to whisper to him. Then he signed very slowly. Jesus, you're right. Christ, I... I didn't even put the two together, but, uh, but, uh, but this sound like what Vaughn described when he woke up from the darkness, that, that fallen sea thing he, he talked about. Fuck. You think, you think it's... River shrugged his shoulders, then he looked behind him towards Vaughn's door and moved his hands quickly about. But why? Wouldn't Vaughn want to know? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. We'll keep this between us. We, we don't need to alarm anyone, especially Vaughn. River patted Salvatore on the shoulder and stood up. He was about to return to Vaughn's door, but Salvatore interrupted him. You know, I, I blamed myself when you died. Uh, you know, when we thought you died. Uh, everyone told me not to, but I couldn't help it. It was, it was my inadequacy that got you killed. I, I couldn't stop fucking up. Every night after, I just, I just kept wishing I had the power to do something, you know, to, to give back. And now here I am. Weird shit shooting out my eyeballs. Careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> River slowly walked over to Salvatore and put his hand on his shoulder, consoling the man. He then signed. Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll try. River began to walk back over to Vorin's door, and Salvatore turned to go back to his room. And, uh, River? River glanced backward. It's, uh, it's good to have you back. It, 
it wasn't the same without you. Riva gave the hint of a smile, nodded, and resumed his post at Vorin's door. Salvatore returned to his room, hoped for a restful sleep at the fore of his mind. Hey, Vorn, what's up? Do you need any help with anything? Nah, just finishing up. How about you? You all set? Yes, uh, Riven and I are all packed. Took a while to get Sal up, but I think he's about ready. You think he's healed enough to go back out there? Honestly, he's most likely in better shape than we are. Remember, he killed a Chimerith and went toe-to-toe with Argos. He's probably ready, and then some. Yeah, speaking of Argos, uh... What do you think about that? Him traveling with us, I mean. Ah, yes, it is a bit worrying. But I'm not sure he limits losing his masters, so I don't know if he'll hold that against us. Yeah, but uh, he may not be too happy about us delivering him to another slaver, to put it blatantly. Well, as much as I loathe the idea of slavery, it seems that whatever violent compulsions Arcos may have towards us will be held in check by Imburial, or whatever name it chooses to call itself. Jesus, I don't know if we can trust this thing. It's... God, it's clearly not all there. Can we even trust it to control Arcos? I mean, what if it has some, I don't know, crisis of identity? I, I don't know how their psychic bond works, but I imagine having an unstable psyche can have an effect. No, you're right. It's, it's certainly a concern. But we also have River and Cell now. They should be more than a match for Arcos if things come to that. It's not a desirable situation, but it's the one we've been dealt. Wesley paused momentarily, not knowing whether he should ask the next question. And uh, what should we do about Moffat? What do you mean? Come on, Vorin. The guy clearly can't be trusted. Every word out of his mouth is a lie, or at the very least a lie of omission. I mean, how much longer can we let him manipulate us? Vorin paused momentarily, looking for the right words to say. Look, Wesley, I certainly have misgivings about Moffat. I do. But at the same time, he's been instrumental to our survival. Yes, he lies and schemes behind our backs, but... It benefits us. Believe me, you're not alone. The Muffets are reviled. But there's a reason they've maintained a presence for all this time. Because their wisdom is invaluable. Yeah, but at what point are we no longer instrumental to his plans? At what point do we become discardable pawns in his scheming? I mean, he hasn't even told us why he's here, why he was sent. We can't keep blindly trusting him. Warren curiously looked at Wesley. What would you have us do, Wes? I don't... I don't know. All I know is I don't trust the son of a bitch. I empathize with the sentiment, but we can do little now. Even if we were to get rid of Cyrus somehow, we would most certainly invite the ire of Imbarial. And I'd rather not make any more enemies than we already have. <sighs> I suppose. Weaklings! All of you! Ah, your kind deserves to be slaughtered! You're barely advanced from the knuckle-dragging apes you evolved from! We've already gone over this. I'm not doing it again. Oh, but you will, little Wesley. All the way up until he kills your little gaggle of friends. Of course, I couldn't give a shit about that. <laughs> I'll even enjoy it. 
but I will not be at the mercy of a Muffet. I will see his body splayed open and bask in his screams, one way or another. Wesley ignored Hesperius's anger and followed Vorin down the stairs, where he could hear a bit of commotion. Once he reached the bottom, he noticed that Arcos and Salvatore were arguing, the former looming over the more petite man, his shadow swallowing him whole. Yeah, I'm getting a little sick of you mean-mugging me. You got something to say, you over-muscled shithead? Go ahead and say it. I should have beat the life out of you when I had the chance. You are nothing but one of the Balfine's flights of fancy. Just a walking corpse. Can I test that theory out, asshole? If I recall correctly, you weren't having as easy a time as you thought. And I seem to remember pummeling your limp body into the streets. But go ahead, little whelp. I'll revel in tearing you apart. The two started walking towards one another, but then Arcos hunched over in pain. Your task is to protect them, Arcos. Have I not made that clear? Or must I give you another lesson? Arcos glared at the shell of his once master, Alaric. For a moment, it looked like he might charge him, discard caution to the wind, and take his chances. But then the fire in his eyes relented, extinguished by wisdom. No. I understand. Excellent. I trust you'll be able to maintain your composure. Yes, my lord. Not so tough now, are we? Perhaps you might not antagonize him, Salvatore. He is here to assist us, after all. Salvatore grunted and begrudgingly let the issue go. As Salvatore and Arcos settled into place, all eyes were on the Umbarian's puppet. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your coming down. I've had the Chimera prepare the tunnels beneath this place. The Bell Fiend had secret corridors built below, in case it became overrun. They lead to the area's east side, bypassing the rest of the pits of Daia and Amara's children. However, there are many other dangers to be aware of. One, you will be heading in the direction of the metropolis of Gastrazul, one of the largest cities on Gion, and one fiercely loyal to the Prince of Snakes. There are various fiefdoms controlled by the princes. Dark miracles on the way. Dark miracles? You mean like the Bard? Yes, many such individuals are roaming the lands. And I've... We? Never mind, never mind. We have things to tell them. Or, or am I the one with things that must be dealt with? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I've noticed these miracles of his have become particularly active lately. Something is coming, I can assure you of that. Uh, that's wonderful and all, but uh, where exactly are we heading? I mean, we have no leads. There is a town called Meister's Way, where an individual who is especially well-versed on the history of the Prince lives. They will not be cooperative, of course, but I'm sure you have your methods of coercion. What makes this person any more well-versed than anyone else? I mean, the Belfine have libraries full of knowledge. Why not simply plunder those? The Belfine are knowledgeable, but ultimately self-involved. Their perspective on the Prince is through the lens of self-gratification. They indulged in only that information that assisted them on their evolutionary journey. The rest was considered irrelevant. This being is said to have a special relationship with the Prince. What that relationship is, well, is what you must find out. Does this man or woman or thing have a name? Agathustra is its name. That is all I can tell you. 
I am unsure what it is, but your Mr. Muffet has assured me it is the next step. Well, at least he's told someone, because this is the first we're hearing about it. We're telling you now, and I was going to fill you in on the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how well protected is this, uh, Aga... Agathustra? I'm not quite sure, but there are reports of several of the Prince's disciples frequenting the area. That's encouraging. While we're on the topic of disciples, um, have there been any sightings of the Bard or Lunak? They were hot on our trail before. Thanks to Mr. Moffat, they are embroiled in a war with the remaining servants of the long-dead Erethim. How long until that conflict has concluded is anyone's guess. But... but what? But what are we doing? We should be ruling, not scheming. We are gods. Or is it God? Is this all a mere dream of our own infinite sleep? Yeah. Well, where was I? Oh, yes. I, I do not believe there is any immediate danger from them. For now. The group tried to veil their expressions when the Umbarian went on a tangent, hoping not to summon its anger. On the other hand, Arcos refused to hide the contortions of his face, making his contempt for the thing visible. There is one other thing I should warn you about. On your journey, you will pass the spire of Morgenok. It is a large black tower that casts a long silhouette. Avoid it if you can, but under no circumstances should you walk in its shadow. Do not let even your shadow touch it. Why? What is it? Nobody knows for sure, but legend would have us believe it is where the prince cast his first shadow. It is said that a citadel of black rose in its place and cast a supernal abyss upon the ground to stain the world forever. It is one of many relics attached to the prince. Regardless of the truth, it is dangerous and should be avoided. Wait a second, I've seen that before. It was a painting. Yeah, uh, it was a painting hanging on the house wall where the, um... The congregants of the last Interfectorum stayed. It showed a tower whose shadow swallowed people and animals and all sorts of things. Jesus, we have to deal with that now? Does it not listen? Is it daft? Shut up! Shut up! As I said, upon seeing it, it is best to give it a wide berth. Duly noted. Do you have any more questions for me? The group was silent. What was there to really say? They were returning to a world corrupted by serpent energy. There were no words to prepare them for whatever hell awaited. Well then, if there is nothing else... Wesley leaned over to Vorin. Hey, should we tell it about the visions? You know, the, the fact that the prince, or whatever it is, keeps appearing to us? Perhaps at a later time. I'm unsure, given its... instability. What it might do. I'd rather be out of its reach before we say anything about it. You could think we're a league with the prince somehow. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. The Umbarian gestured down a blackened hall, where the other hulking Chimerith, Damius, waited. Damius will escort you to the entrance of the tunnels. Arcos, you know the way. Arcos nodded. Yes. Then I bid you farewell. We'll be in touch. The Umbarian disappeared into the shadows and presumably returned to the rest of itself, which was undoubtedly gathered in one or all of the Gloros' chambers. The group approached Damius, who made brief eye contact with Arcos. Damius immediately put his head down out of either respect or fear of the behemoth. Together, they walked through a series of doors, some hidden in the walls, others concealed in the floor, all requiring biometric scans. 
Eventually, they strode down the throat of a massive hall until they came to a giant black metal door. As usual, a strange biomechanical tendril came out, scanned Damius, and then opened. Your path is through there. Arcos moved to the front and glanced at Damius, who nodded in respect. Come, follow me. Arcos sauntered into the blackness, and the group followed. Grimland is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Stephen Anslone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about Grimland and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about Grimland and the world of Maltopia, visit us at maltopia.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. ACAST anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skrædder af alle de der podcaster, forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.